0: Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. I don't know if you ever look at the title that's on the top of the message outline in your connection, or maybe on Wednesdays when you get your midweek connection in the email, if you look at the message title. But if you did this week, you might have thought it was a little odd. It's called Double Down. Double Down, that's a gambling term for blackjack, and I have no idea. It's, it's nothing about that. What it's about is the, the reality that John the Baptist and Jesus had the exact same message at the beginning of their ministries. They doubled down, if you will, talking about the kingdom of God and about repentance. That's what we're going to talk about today in our Kingdom Come series. Really what we're going to talk about is how do we get the kingdom of God to come in our lives on a daily basis? And so if you turn uh, to the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you will see, as I said, is that Jesus and John the Baptist had the same message and they call us to the same action. So if you have your Bible, if you would, or Bible app, if you would please turn to Mark chapter one, we're going to start in verse one, very beginning, we're going to see a little bit about why Mark wrote, and then we're going to talk about John the Baptist and Jesus. So it says in Mark one, verses one to three, this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, "Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him." So, what what Mark tells us is his book, it's called a gospel, good news is what gospel means. Good news about a certain person, Jesus. And Jesus is the Messiah. The Messiah literally means God's anointed one. What it means is the Israelites were looking for this person to come, a king. And he would restore Israel to its former greatness. And he would take over any enemy of Israel. And as I said, the kingdom of Israel would now be the central kingdom. On the earth, and so what Mark tells us is that this was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah 800 years before the birth of Jesus. We were told that a messenger was going to come to prepare the way. He was going to make everything ready for the Messiah, and John the Baptist was that messenger. John the Baptist was, by anybody's standard, different. Okay, I mean he he wore camel's hair, which is not an ordinary dress, and he ate locusts like grasshoppers and wild honey. I guess it's a little paleo. I'm not sure. But, but anyway, the bottom line is uh, it's a different diet. And when we look at it, when we go, wow, that's crazy. But if you were a Israelite, an Israelite and you lived in the first century, you would immediately have thought of a different prophet, not Isaiah, but Elijah. Because Elijah wore a camel hair suit and he ate locusts and wild honey. And the Israelites believed that Elijah would come to prepare the way for the Messiah. And so John is a, a messenger in the likeness of Elijah and John's message was very clear and very concise. In fact, if we turn to Mark chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, we read these words. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, and proclaiming. That's an important word because we, that means preaching. He was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. So a short version of what John said was this. Repent. For the kingdom of God is coming. It's near. John baptized anybody who came out. We're told that all of Judea came out and all the people came from Jerusalem. And so ordinary people came out and John said, repent. And then when the Pharisees came out, and those were the religious people, they were the best people, the good people, John looked at them and said, repent. And even when the soldiers came out, when the soldiers came out, just to find out what was going on, sort of keep order, uh, John looked at them and said, repent. His message was extremely consistent. If the kingdom of God is going to come, we need to be ready for it. And the only way to be ready for the kingdom of God to come is for us to repent. And whenever John was arrested, Jesus came on the scene. And Jesus' message was the same as John's. You may not realize that, but it says this in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So John had prepared the way for the Messiah, Jesus. And when Jesus came along, Jesus' message is exactly the same. He says the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, most weekends, if you come here to New Life, it doesn't matter who's preaching, whoever's up here, we're going to talk about Jesus. And if you came to a Bible study that I was leading or anybody here at New Life, we would talk about Jesus. And in our daily lives, our goal is to live our lives the way Jesus lived his life. And yet, when Jesus came, he didn't talk about himself, he talked about the kingdom. And that's why our take-home point for today, and for those of you who are new, the take-home point is the one point that we seek to make in a message, and we hope that we'll all take home and pray about it and live it out in the week ahead. And the take-home point is this. Jesus focused on God's kingdom first. Jesus' focus when he came was the same as John, the coming, coming kingdom. And both of them said the same thing. They doubled down in this area. They said, you need to repent. Now, what's repent? Repent means I'm walking this way. The good illustration, because this is dark over here. I'm walking towards darkness, towards sin. And so I'm here. I need, if I'm going to get back in the light, what do I have to do? Turn around, right? That's what repent means. I need to turn around. So I turn around and come back to the light. And that's all that it means to repent. And so as we're thinking about what it means to repent and what it means for God's kingdom to come in our lives... Before we get to a a little bit more specificity about that, let's pray together. Almighty God, I thank you so much that you have made it clear what it means to be part of your kingdom. I thank you so much that your kingdom has already come and yet is still coming. I thank you today for your Holy Spirit, God, who leads and guides us. And I pray that your spirit would fill each of us in this place, everybody listening online, that we might hear your truth and not only hear it, but that we might live it out in our life today and each day we ask this in Jesus name amen so both Jesus and John focused on God's coming kingdom and repentance we could say as i mentioned they doubled down on both the idea of the kingdom and repentance but what is the kingdom of god what does it mean to be part of the kingdom of god well to answer that question we need to go all the way back to the very beginning of the bible the first book and the first chapter and this is what we find in that book called genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28 It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Notice the underlined words in the text are govern and reign. So God created the universe. He created a planet we call Earth. And on that planet, he put some people. And those two people were supposed to rule with him. God's plan was to establish a kingdom that wouldn't just be on the earth, but throughout the universe. And he wanted the people to rule with him. God's kingdom is the entire universe. And God called us mere human beings to participate in ruling over all the creatures on the earth. And that was the plan. But God's plan didn't happen. And and you might be thinking, wait a minute, he's God. Why wouldn't his plan happen? The, the truth of the matter is, the reason it didn't happen is because God gave the first people an opportunity to either say yes or no to participating in the plan. Do you want to rule with me? Do you want to be my co-king, queen on the planet? Do you want to do that? And, and they said, no, actually, we want to be king and queen of everything. We want to rule. We don't want to rule with you. We want to rule. They rebelled, and that's called Sin. And ever since that rebellion, God has been seeking to get us to realign ourselves with him, to develop a relationship, to fix that broken relationship. God has done everything possible, really, to make us have the opportunity to be that co-ruler that we were created to be. And that's what the kingdom coming and that's what repentance is really all about. When Jesus came to the earth, the kingdom came. Now, We know that because of the prayer that we prayed together during the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Prayer. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, that's called Hebrew parallelism. When Jesus said, your kingdom come, and then said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, both of those things mean the same thing. God's kingdom is wherever God's will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven. So when Jesus came, wherever he went, God's kingdom was there because Jesus always did God's will. Wherever you and I go, when we go and live out in the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the truth of God and the love of God, the kingdom of God is there. Now, that isn't all there is to the kingdom because Jesus said while he was walking on the earth before he was crucified, you know, rose and went back to heaven. He said, I am going to die on behalf of all of humanity And I'm going to rise from the dead and then I'm going to go back to heaven. But one day I'm going to come and I'm going to establish my kingdom forever. So biblical scholars talk about this idea that wherever God's will is being done, there's the kingdom of God as the idea of the already. And the the one that's coming is the not yet. In fact, the, the Pharisees were a little confused about the kingdom of God. They were the religious leaders, so you would have thought they would have known about it. But they were a little confused and they asked Jesus about the kingdom of God. And this is what we find in Luke chapter 17, verse 20 to 21. It says, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you, or the translation could be within you. So, the already part of the kingdom is here now. We can experience that right now, but the not yet is when Jesus returns. So, what does that mean for you and me? What does it mean for us to live as kingdom people here and now in in this life that we're living every day in 2017? It means that we start where John the Baptist and Jesus doubled down. It means simply this that we must repent if we're going to experience God's, God's kingdom in our lives. We must repent. Now, if, if we could teleport back in time a hundred years and go to pretty much any church in America a hundred years ago, the message would probably be about repentance. Repentance was the theme. You know, we, we were actually a lot of the preaching a hundred years ago said that we're not very good people. We're, we're, we're sort of, you know, we're actually we're slime or dirt or, or lower than dirt. And, and we need to repent in order to come back into relationship with God. But over the hundred years, something has happened. In fact, over especially the last 50 years, it seems like most of the preaching across America, at least, focuses on God's grace and goodness and love. And God is gracious and good and loving. In fact, God is love. But we've left out the idea of sin and rebellion and the idea of repentance. We've left out the reality that Paul the Apostle said all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Right? Right? But but back in the 1970s, there was a psychiatrist named Dr. Carl Menninger, and he wrote a book, interesting title, was Whatever Became of Sin. So back in the 70s, Dr. Menninger realized something, that the the field of psychiatry had sought very hard to, to basically eliminate the ideas of evil and sin and all that kind of stuff because they thought it was a detriment for us to become whole and become the people, you know, actualize ourselves as people. But what Dr. Menninger realized is that we need those categories of sin and evil because there is sin and evil in the world. And and, and as a result, you know, back in the 70s, things weren't what they ought to be. Now, if that was true in the 70s, it's just accelerated into the year 2017. In fact, most people in America today don't believe that sin exists, don't believe that evil exists. We live in a culture that basically believes there's no truth and whatever I believe, whatever you believe, it's just fine. We can put it this way that we either consider ourselves basically good or as morally neutral. In other words, there is no good or bad. But yet both John the Baptist and Jesus started their ministries by calling any who would be part of God's kingdom to repent. In other words, they acknowledge sin and that the only way to get into a kingdom life is to return away from it. So were they wrong? Is it possible? Is it possible that both... (laughs) God's appointed messenger of the coming kingdom, John the Baptist, and Jesus, the Son of God, knew less about human nature than we do. The short answer to that question is no, it's not possible. And and as I've said many times over the years, you know, it doesn't matter what we believe. It matters what's true. And the Son of the living God, when he walked on the planet 2,000 years ago, the first message out of his mouth is, you know, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. So repent, turn around and, and believe the good news. That's what Jesus said, and Jesus acknowledged that there is sin, and chief, the chief roadblock to, to a, a kingdom life in our lives is sin. Now, we might not want to admit that. We might want to try to get rid of the word sin and evil and all those kind of things, but when we turn on the television, we can't deny that sin is out there. We can't deny that people are doing heinous things to one another. And it isn't just sort of like, you know, evolution is a little bit off and we, we need to get a little tweak. It isn't we're basically good people. We aren't basically good people. We're sinners and we've rebelled against God. And so what we really need is we need to repent. So um, it's only three weeks before Christmas. And, and, and I, I know so far, if we stopped right here, you might go home and go, well, I really am not so excited I went to church today. Because I found out I'm a sinner. I find out that I'm not good. I found out that there's bad things going on in the world. But I have some good news for you today. It's really good news. In fact, it's the best news ever. And it's this. When we repent, God's kingdom comes in our lives. When we repent, God's kingdom comes in our lives. When we turn around, there's a change that's actually tangible in our lives that all of us can experience. When Jesus talked about repentance, he talked about it because he said we have an enemy. That enemy is the devil, and that enemy is a liar. In fact, Jesus called the devil the liar and the father of all lies. And the devil will tell us that when we sin, when we walk in the darkness, it's going to feel good, and it will sometimes. And he's going to tell us that we're going to to be enlightened, that we're we're going to be rich, that we're going to have just basically a good life. If we just walk down this path away from God, it's going to be an easier path, it's going to be a more fun path, and our life is going to be better. And he's going to wrap that up in a beautiful package, and he's even going to tie it with a bow. But it's still going to be a lie. And what Jesus said is that the only way, the only way to live a kingdom life is to return to him, to repent and come back to him. So the idea that, you know, we can forget about sin, it's not a new idea. In fact, even in the first century church, you would think in the first century church, everything would have been as good as it could be, right? Right. In the first century church, people were already denying the reality of sin in their lives. In fact, the Apostle John, not John the Baptist, but one of Jesus' apostles uh, named John, wrote in his first letter these words. He said, if we are living in the light, so in other words, we've repented, we've come back, we're living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, so we're going to get along with each other. And then it says, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So even in the light, we still need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all sin. And it says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Then it says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And then it says, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our lives. So sin is real and it stands as the chief roadblock in our lives to living a kingdom life. So if we want to have a kingdom life today, then when we're walking away, we're going to have to turn around. We're going to have to repent. So as we repent, notice I said when we repent before. Now I'm saying as we repent, God's kingdom comes in our lives. Do you believe that? Anybody believe that? All right. Handful of you believe that. I'm glad to hear it. All right. So as I said, I love this season of the year. It's my favorite time. My mother made it that way from the time I was a little boy. And, you know, this time of year we had special food, we had special decorations, we had special presents, obviously. Um, but the thing I really loved the most, and I've been saying oh, the other three services when I was six, it's actually when I was eight. When I was eight years old, this new TV show came out. It was called A Charlie Brown Christmas. And, and as I was watching that show for the very first time, Charlie Brown is asking, you know, what's the true meaning of Christmas? What's the true, doesn't anybody know what the true meaning of Christmas is? And, and suddenly Linus, you know, they're practicing for the Christmas play, but Linus, he stands up and he starts quoting Luke chapter 2 and, and, and the birth of Jesus. And he, the part that really got to me as an eight-year-old little boy was this part that said when all the angels were, you know, all there glorifying God and saying, glory to God to the highest. And then it says, peace on earth. And, and, you know, even back then when I was eight years old, if you're as old as me, you may remember this, but we used to have these drills at school where we had to go underneath our desk so that if an atomic bomb went off, you know, um, I guess we'd be safe under our desk, right? Uh, it sort of seems odd now when you think about it. But we did those kind of things back in those days. It was a scary world that we lived in, you know, because somebody might blow up the whole world and then, you know, what was going to happen. So, so anyway, when I heard about peace on earth, and goodwill towards people, you know, I thought, wow, that, that's what I want in my life. I, I really want that in my life. And, and, and the world has not got less scary um, since then. It, it's only gotten more scary since then. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to my sister-in-law and, and she said to me, you know, I was talking to a number of people and they're afraid to go to church these days because of what happened in Texas a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and she said, if it could happen there, it could happen anywhere. And I didn't hesitate, really. I said, you know, Cheryl, I'm not afraid to go anywhere. And the reason I'm not afraid to go anywhere is because I believe what the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 is true. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to die today. I don't, I don't really. I want to live to be really old. I want to preach to thousands and thousands of people, see them come to know Jesus. And, and then I want Jesus to come back before I die. So I don't even have to die. That's what I want. But if I die today, I've lived a kingdom life. When I was 12 years old, I repented for the first time officially. I mean, I had told people I was sorry when I did stuff before that. But when I was 12 years old, I stood in front of Gypsy Christian Church, and I told everybody there, probably all 35 of them, you know, I repent of my sins. I turn away from them. And I trust Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And I'm going to be baptized to show that I have done that, that I have trusted Jesus and that I've been saved. Now now that's not some magic formula actually it comes right from the bible right from the book of acts it says in the book of acts chapter 2 and peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit so john the baptist said repent jesus said repent john the apostle said repent peter the apostle said repent So repentance is key. When we repent, when we turn when we are walking towards sin and we repent, we turn around, we get this new relationship. That's what Peter said. And when I was 12 years old, I had that experience, and it's been a growing experience all my life since then, for these past 48 years. And so in this Christmas season, as we remember that it's time of Jesus' birth, I have a personal question for you. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling joyful? Are you feeling afraid? Are you feeling numb? If somebody were to follow you this week as, as you go out and you know, go to school or go to work, as you go out and do your Christmas shopping or whatever you do, would they be able to tell that the kingdom of God is part of your life? Would they be able to tell that by the way you stand in line and wait, that there's a joy that nobody else has because you have repented and you have experienced the Holy Spirit and you have His Spirit in your life? Would, would they be able to experience a difference? A couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, when I was in Cambodia, right before we were leaving to go to the airport, we had lunch together. And there were several of us. Faith Toomey was there. Some of you know Faith. And there was Hubert Tuttweiler. And Hubert, uh, I asked each of them, how can I pray for you when I go back to the States? And Hubert said this. It's amazing. He said, I want you to pray that when I go to that vocational training school and pray in that prayer, and when I walk into that training school and there's students there, that students will get saved and healed just because I'm there. And I went, wow, that's an audacious prayer. And I thought to myself, that's amazing, but it's actually biblical. Because when Peter and Paul walked in the towns and villages of their day, people got saved and healed just by them being there. You can look it up in the book of Acts if you doubt what I'm saying. So this life is short. Eternity is very long. And here we are in another Christmas season, and God's kingdom is right here. It's right wherever we are doing the will of God with one another. And so my question is, is there anybody here in the room today who would like for the kingdom of God to be in your life, would would like for... Where When you show up in your workplace or school, that people would get saved and healed just by you being there. Anybody? If you are, would you, if you would raise your hand if that's you, would you like that to happen in your life? Okay. You can put your hand down. Now, if you just raise your hand, but you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, then the first thing for that to become a reality in your life is you have to repent. For the very first time, you have to say, God, I'm not going to walk this way anymore. I'm not going to walk in darkness. I'm not going to walk away from you. I'm not going to rebel against you anymore. I'm going to turn around. And you're going to walk back into light, and you're going to say, Jesus, I've repented. I've turned away from sin and death, and I'm trusting you as Lord, which means owner of my life, as Savior, which means you're saving me from that sin and death. And it means that from now on, I'm going to let your Holy Spirit work in my life. And from day to day to day to day, You know, I'm going to let your kingdom come in my life. Now, for all of us who have already trusted Jesus as our Savior and Lord at some point, what we need to do is a lot simpler than that, not easier, but a lot simpler. All we need to do is simply say, God, may your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Because that's what Jesus told us, that we need to pray for that kingdom to come in our lives, the Holy Spirit to come in our lives, so that wherever we go, that people will experience that kingdom reality. Now, what's that going to look like in your life this week, in my life? Well, it's going to look different in each of our lives because God has given each of us different gifts, and he's given each of us different talents and different skills. But the one thing that's going to be the same is Jesus said this. He said that if we want to do the most important thing that we can do as his followers, then what we must do is we must love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength And we must love each other as we love ourselves. So with that in mind, I have a simple task for us to do sometime between now and Christmas Eve. And that's the commitment for today. I will bring someone to worship who needs Jesus this Christmas season. We only have three more opportunities to do that. The next couple of Sundays and then Easter. Actually, Christmas Eve is a Sunday, too. So the next three Sundays. uh, And we're going to have Christmas Eve services on the day before. So Saturday or Sunday. But the point is this. You could go out to your school tomorrow. You could go out to your workplace tomorrow. You could stay home tomorrow as you're raising your children. And you could speak to anyone about Jesus. You could tell them about the kingdom life that you've experienced. And actually, better to show than to tell in that regard. And and to live in the joy uh, and the truth and the life of Jesus and and his love. Um, But at the same time, as, as a very specific thing, I'm asking you, to bring somebody, maybe you're, maybe you're a little timid yet, maybe you're just new to this whole thing, and so you're not quite sure how you would tell somebody about Jesus. But if you just bring them here uh, to worship in one of the services between now and Christmas Eve, we will make this promise to you. Whoever's preaching, we will tell them about their need for Jesus and for his salvation in their life, and that the kingdom that already came and the kingdom that's still coming can be part of their experience as well. So... My promise is you bring them and we'll tell them. You bring them and we'll offer them Jesus. Is it a deal? Okay, I hear some see some faces going like this. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness and love. Thank you so much that you cared enough to come here and demand Jesus Christ to give us new life. God, I thank you so much that today, we can demonstrate your kingdom. We can take your kingdom wherever we go today simply by repenting of any sin that's in our life right now and by turning back to you and letting your Holy Spirit lead in God. God, it's simple, but we know it's not easy, and we know we'll need to do this multiple times. But God, anybody in the room here, anybody watching online who has not yet said yes to trusting Jesus, Savior and Lord, to repenting and coming back, I pray that even in this moment they will do it. And that all of us who have done that, God, that you will give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that wherever we're walking in darkness, that we'll turn back to you, that we'll repent, and that we'll receive restoration and renewal and refreshment from your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.